Well, good morning, church. How are we doing? Thanks for doing something a little bit different today. If y'all have been here before, then you'll know this is not the normal setup for Northside Church, but this is how it looked for MAP, and it's pretty cool. So, we decided to keep it for Sunday morning, and uh, appreciate y'all rolling with it. I do want to give a quick word of thanks. If you were a part of the staff that led MAP this past week, would you stand up? Most of y'all are uh, hanging out on the couches around the room. Thank you, Nate, Robbie, Mason, Jackson, Mary Claire, Sarah Treadway over there. If you were an adult volunteer this past week in any capacity with MAP, could you please stand for me real quick? That's serving on sites, that's serving dinner, that's being a part of the production crew or worship or whatever way. Thank you, each and every one of you, for being a part of making MAP happen this past week. MAP Sunday is one of the special Sundays here at Northside Church because it gives us an opportunity to be the hands and the feet of Christ for the neighbors and the community around us. It's one way that we are blessed to be a blessing. Now, MAP, I believe, is a perfect example of the B attitudes that we have been studying. These statements that begin the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, blessed are because the B attitudes are all about how we can empty ourselves, how we can think of ourselves less so that we can reflect Christ to the world around us, so that we can hunger and thirst for righteousness, so that we can show the world peace and mercy. Each and every one of us is blessed. And as Christians, we are called to be a blessing to the world. So we're going to look at the sixth B attitude that comes from Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. And I invite you to listen closely for God's word. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Would you pray with me? God, meet with us here and now that we might see you, that our hearts might be purified, that we might have clean hands, ascend to the mountain to worship with you, to abide with you, to be wholly devoted to you. Amen. There are a lot of words, I think, that we use in church world that I don't use anywhere else in life. And I'm a pastor, but I don't go around talking about sanctification with folks outside of the church. We don't go around talking about sacraments outside of the church. But today we're talking about the pure in heart. And pure is a word that's used outside of the church fairly often. Just this past week I saw it a couple of times on social media. One was a friend of mine's, I'm going to guess, eight-month-old kid. And it was a black and white picture of the infant crawling across the floor with the biggest smile you have ever seen on their face. And the caption read, pure joy. And that's true. If you have seen an infant or hung out with one before, as I have a lot recently, then you know those emotions, 
They are unmitigated, unfiltered, raw emotions. It's pure. Another story was a friend who had a preschool child that ran through the house like a tornado and had destroyed a piece of furniture. And that caption described the child as pure boy. We know what it's like to have these pure, these raw emotions. But as we saw in the example in the children's sermon, uh, we talk about things all the time being pure. Pure water, pure food, pure uh, items to add to our food, supplements. We talk about purity a lot in our culture, but I think that when we shift that conversation to our faith, what I've experienced is that too often uh, the conversation takes tone of Puritans. People oftentimes think about this movement a couple hundred years ago in England of a group that was mostly known for the fact that they were against everything. Anything fun. That's what the Puritans were about. But I believe that purity is more than just being like a Puritan. And so we're going to dive into that. And my main thesis for this morning is that being pure in heart is about being wholly devoted to God. Being pure in heart is about being wholly devoted to God. Now this idea of being pure in heart, it wasn't new when Jesus used it in Matthew chapter 5. In fact, it was a well-known phrase from the Jewish world, particularly in Psalm 24. And Psalm 24 was a song that reminded the Jewish people that they were a monotheistic religion. They were unique among the cultures and their neighbors at the time in that they worshipped one God. They had soul devotion to one God. So I want you to hear from Psalm 24, verses 3 through 6. Who may ascend to the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god, they will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. Being pure in heart is nothing new. It is a reminder and it is a calling. Jesus is calling his followers to be wholly devoted to God, to ascend to the mountain, to meet with God, to seek God's face, the God of Jacob, the God of Moses, the God of Abraham, the God of you, and the God of me. We seek God's face when we have a pure heart. Purity is not a passive thing. It's not just about the things that you can avoid. It's not just the act of being innocent. Purity is active. It is seeking God's face. So what does it look like to be wholly devoted to God? One of the first things I think it means is that we are not cultural Christians. Let me tell you what I mean by that. About 200 years ago, there was a theologian named Soren Kierkegaard. Anybody heard of him? 
If you have, you've probably been a member of one of Dr. James Johnson's Bible studies. He loves Kierkegaard. So I got James to explain Kierkegaard to me because I'm not as smart. And he told me about this book that Kierkegaard has called Purity of Heart is to Will One Thing. And just in the title alone, that's a pretty deep theological idea. Purity of heart is to will one thing. See, for Kierkegaard, it meant that we don't only have the possibility, but we have the responsibility to direct our heart towards God. That God would be the governing principle of our life and that we are held accountable to God. See, Kierkegaard lived in a time when every single person was a baptized Christian. Everyone born, everyone in society would be baptized. And he famously said that if everyone is a Christian, then no one is a Christian. And what he's talking about is that it is uh, impure to simply be a cultural Christian. That there needs to be something more. Going through those cultural practices, that's good. That's helpful. That's beneficial. But there is more to being pure in heart. That is an impure heart to simply go through the motions and not have a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. A pure heart is one that is devoted and truly knows the love of God. We can see this in our own relationships, right? Putting something above a loved one will strain or ultimately break a relationship. Being pure in heart means being wholly devoted to God. First, that we are not just cultural Christians, but second, that we don't only serve one master. Now, the Beatitudes are the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, the most famous sermon of all time. And Jesus begins with these statements, but he unpacks them a little bit as he goes through the Sermon on the Mount. And later in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, Jesus says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve, listen, you cannot serve both God and money. Jesus knows that this is the one thing that will distract us more than anything else. Jesus does not say that money is bad, but it can be a distraction in our relationship with God and in our relationship with others. And that oftentimes it can pull our eyes away of being wholly devoted to God. And if we reviewed our own life, if we reviewed how we spent money, our bank statements, would it reveal a pure heart? Would it reveal clean hands? Would it reveal someone who is wholly devoted to God? Being pure in heart means that you're wholly devoted to God, not a cultural Christian. You do not serve two masters and that we care for the orphan and the widow. 
This is a popular phrase throughout the Bible, especially woven in the words of the prophets. And we read it in the New Testament that we as Christians are called to care for the orphan and the widow. James chapter 1 verse 27 says it this way. Religion that, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. To look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Right here in the Bible, in the book of James, we hear what pure religion really is. It is caring for the orphan and the widow. So what does that mean for our world today? Who are the orphan and the widow? Well, I don't think you have to exclusively translate that to the exact same category Although I will also say here at Northside Church, we partner with a lot of organizations that do care for those people. We have partnerships with Wellroot and Murphy Harps and Covenant House and these various organizations that care for the widow and the orphan. But when James is talking about the widow and the orphan, when we hear about it throughout Scripture, they are referencing the folks who are on the margins, the people who are most vulnerable. That is who we are called to care for as Christians, those who cannot care for themselves. That's caring for them is the way that we show our whole devotion to God. And that's why MAP is so important. It is one, it is one way that we care for those who are in need. We like to say that the construction projects that take place at MAP are important, but they're not the most important important thing. It's more important that we learn and that we serve as we are learning and that we serve with the people in the community, that we get to hear their stories, that while we're out on the work site, we're learning what it means to be the hands and feet of Christ and serve alongside and hear someone else's ups and downs of life and to listen with love and compassion that's what's more important at MAP. This past week, I had the chance to go around to the various work sites. And I got to one of the first ones, and I talked to an individual that has helped year after year after year as a site leader. And I asked him how the project was going, and he kind of gave me a half smile. You know the one. And he said, a little bit slow to start, but we'll get there. We'll get the job done. And then he told me that in his years of experience with MAP, he found that the construction project itself was not what mattered most. He told me that when he started, he was tunnel vision, focused on getting the job done. He pushed the students, he pushed the other adults so they could get the task accomplished. But over time, he came to realize the tasks would get done, or maybe they wouldn't. But he told me, I look out there and I see the kids serving, and that's good, and they're having a good time. That's what matters most at MAP. As so I walked down the street in Adamsville to another one of the sites, and I began to meet one of the homeowners, and I introduced myself as an associate pastor here at Northside, and her first statement to me was, man, y'all have a lot of pastors there. She didn't know the half of us. 
then she told me, I've never had anything like this happen to me. You all are such a blessing. Thank you. You are such a blessing. We're blessed to be a blessing. That is what the Beatitudes are about. That is what MAP is about. And that is what it looks like to be wholly devoted to God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Now, once we understand that being pure in heart is about being wholly devoted to God, not just about being innocent, then it makes sense that the pure in heart would see God, that that would be the result. Because we are keeping our eyes on Christ. Earlier in the service, we sang that song, Oceans. I want to remind you of some of those words. I will call on your name and keep my eyes above the waves. When oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace. For I am yours and you are mine. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. When we look and when we see God, when we keep our eyes above the winds and the waves of life, where we go when we are led, we will know the embrace of our Savior. That's the story of Peter in the Bible as well. Do you remember the story of Jesus walking on water in Matthew chapter 14? The disciples left in a boat while Jesus was praying on a mountain. I'm still not sure how you forget about Jesus, but they did. And they get in their boat and they start heading across the lake. And so Jesus walks on the water to catch up. The disciples see him and they are terrified. They think it's a ghost. They don't know what is happening. Uh, But Peter says, if that is you, Lord, call me and I will walk on the water out to you. And so he looks into the face of Christ and he steps out of the boat and walks towards Jesus. All of a sudden, the wind and the waves start churning around him and he takes his eyes off of Jesus and begins to sink. Of course, Jesus extends a hand and pulls him up and he knows the embrace of Christ. Having a pure heart means that we see God, that we keep our eyes on Jesus and that even when the winds and the waves of life come, that we will still rest in the embrace of Jesus. That even during the hardest moments of of life, we will be with God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God here and now in the midst of the winds and the waves, and they will see God forevermore in heaven, face to face. A lot of us know uh, 1 Corinthians 13. It's known as the love chapter. We hear it in a lot of weddings. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. Not everybody knows the end of that chapter. After we hear about how to love God and how to love the church and how to love others, we hear these words from 1 Corinthians 
For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror dimly. Then, one day in heaven, we will see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Here and now we keep our eyes on Christ and the wind and the waves. We are wholly devoted to God, not being cultural Christians, not serving two masters, but caring for the widow and orphan. And we will see God here and now. But still, it's only as through a mirror dimly. One day, we will see Jesus face to face. I've been to a lot of funerals where we'll sing blessed assurance. And it's a song reminding us of our own story and our own walk with God. But it gives us a glimpse, I think, of what that day will be like when we are fully known. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness, lost in his love. The pure in heart will see God forevermore and know what it is like to be lost in God's love. Would you pray with me? God, would you meet us wherever we are? Would you Help us turn our eyes toward you that we might ascend the mountain and have clean hands and pure hearts. I pray for those who have not had an encounter with you. Pray that you would make your love known to them in a tangible way. God, may we see your face clearer and clearer each and every day. Amen.